Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. steps back as soon as you feel like you're getting a handle on a situation with some numbers and you realize i don't know that anybody's really got a handle on the situation as far as numbers go and that situation being the covid19 uh outbreak depending upon which infection map you're looking at the uh, university of washington uh infection map or the western illinois map uh, we're still having some issues with the numbers, even though there are updates to the maps, uh, seemingly uh, multiple times a day. Also, phase four of helping out uh, citizens and businesses. Uh, what is that going to look like? Uh, Senator Josh Hawley from uh, Missouri has gotten out in front uh, on this conversation and uh, has some ideas on what we could do. Should we follow Senator Hawley's lead? Should we stay the course with what we've done so far to see how that works? We'll talk about that coming up on the back half of today's news roundtable. Uh, but first things first, in with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom, say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quade. Good morning, everybody. The Adams County Health Department says there are eight new cases of COVID-19 in the county, bringing the total to 19 the department announced the new cases Wednesday afternoon. They include a 10- to 19-year-old male, woman in her 20s, two men in their 50s, and a woman in her 70s. A statement says that in multiple instances, the health department is seeing the virus spread in household units. The statement says that in light of that, they want to stress that people should follow CDC guidelines for the virus. If an infected person is at home, they include having a person stay in one room away from other people, including yourself, as much as possible. If possible, have them use a separate bedroom and bathroom and stay separated to eat. The person who is sick should eat or be fed in their room if possible. Health Department says to avoid sharing personal household items like dishes, towels, and bedding. Have the sick person wear a cloth face covering that covers their nose and mouth when they are around anyone. If the sick person can't wear one of those coverings, you should wear one while in the same room with them. The Health Department also says to avoid and having any unnecessary visitors. Hancock County, Illinois, has its first case of COVID-19. That's according to a statement issued Wednesday afternoon by the Hancock County Health Department and Memorial Hospital in Carthage. The Hancock County resident, described only as in their 20s to 30s, is said to be at home recovering. The health department says it will be conducting contact tracing to investigate all possible exposures to the virus. Both they and the hospital urged Hancock County residents to take all safety precautions seriously. That includes following Governor Pritzker's stay-at-home mandate except for essential needs. They add that if you're a Hancock County resident and have any signs of symptoms such as fever, coughing, or shortness of breath, to call the Illinois Respiratory Clinic at 217-357-0617 to be screened. 
you need to call first. They say just don't walk in, but you need to be you need to call. Blessing Health System says that as of today, it's putting even stricter visiting restrictions in place due to the pandemic. Blessing said Wednesday afternoon that effective today and, and until further notice, face-to-face visits with patients won't be allowed at Blessing Hospital in most circumstances. A statement says they'll be replaced by electronic visits. Blessing says the only exceptions are the partner of designated support person of a woman in labor and the patient parent rather or guardian of a minor patient. Blessing says if both a patient and visitor have devices to connect electronically, it doesn't need to be involved. If one or both people need a device, the visitor should contact the Blessing Hospital Compassion Team to arrange to use a device and to arrange a time sometime between 8 a.m. and 8.30 p.m. Blessing President and CEO Maureen Kahn says members of the Compassion Team will be available to be at the bedside of patients receiving end-of-life care at the request of the patient's loved ones. Those providing a ride home to an individual undergoing outpatient surgery will be called when that patient is ready to go home. Similar guidelines are also in effect for Blessing Physician Services and the Hannibal Clinic. Anyone wanting to visit a Lini Community Hospital in Pittsfield should call that hospital first. A group of Western Illinois government, business, and religious leaders formed in response to the pandemic says it's got staff to help residents and businesses. Quincy Mayor Kyle Moore announced Wednesday that Adams County Together now has resource teams available to answer questions and to help. Moore says the move was made because both state and federal agencies are likely overwhelmed by the surges in requests for help. A statement says the goal of the resource teams is to give residents and businesses someone to walk them through the resources that are available. The staff for Adams County Together is drawn from the Quincy Family YMCA, the Croc Center, Two Rivers Regional Economic Development Council of Public Officials, and the Great River Economic Development Foundation. More ads that services will also be available in Brown and Pike counties. Appointments for people and businesses can be made in person by appointment, over the phone, or online via Zoom weekdays from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Quincy and various locations in Adams, Brown, and Pike counties. For more, go to adamscountytogether.com. Monroe City High School student is dead after a two-vehicle crash Tuesday afternoon east of Monroe City. That student's identified by the Missouri State Highway Patrol as 18-year-old Donald Quigley. They say the accident happened just after 4.20 p.m. on U.S. 36, four miles east of Monroe City. A report says Quigley was riding his motorcycle east on 36 when a vehicle driven by 79-year-old Joseph Barnett of Monroe City tried to cross the highway. Quigley's motorcycle then ran into Barnett's vehicle. Quigley was flown to a Columbia hospital where he died three hours later. Barnett suffered minor injuries and refused treatment. Monroe City School Superintendent Tracy Bottoms said Wednesday that counseling resources will be shared via social media for both students and staff. And a Hannibal man was injured early Wednesday morning, and a second Hannibal man is accused of stabbing him. Hannibal police identify the suspect as 61-year-old Roy Darnell and say the incident happened just after 1 a.m. in the 1200 block of 36th Street. Officers say when they got there, they learned that an unidentified 36-year-old Hannibal man had been stabbed. He was taken to Hannibal Regional Hospital for treatment. Report says Darnell had fled the scene but was found minutes later and arrested. He's since been charged with counts of assault, armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. He's in the Marion County Jail on $50,000 cash only bond. A court date has not yet been set for Darnell. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and on our social media including both Twitter and Facebook. All right, so uh, Adams County had eight new yesterday, bringing it to 19 total. 
Uh, as I mentioned uh, before the show, uh, I, I was I, I talked briefly with a doctor uh, at Blessing last night, and this wasn't in official capacity, but I was asking about what we were talking about yesterday, uh, how the numbers uh, weren't matching up with what was being reported and what we were seeing on uh, some of the uh, the tracking sites. Mm-hmm. And I said, is this because we've had people get better? And he said, yeah. The, and I said, presumably the math we were doing yesterday was uh, those first two cases uh, did those people recover, and we just aren't accounting for them now, and we don't account on a, uh, on our stuff for people who've recovered. We account for confirmed cases, new cases, deaths, but not people who've recovered. And he said, yes, those those first two people did recover. So that would make sense as far as the math goes. And then I open up the uh, Western Illinois uh, University uh, dashboard for tracking, and as of today, it says we have all of ah. Oon confirmed case in Adams County. I can't imagine that the previous, you know, at least the eight new, if you just want to take yesterday into account, seven of them have recovered within a day. I, and this is where I'm kind of left with what what numbers are we are we going by? And I tried to, while you were talking, suss it out at the Department of Public Health, and that really wasn't much help. Um, They've also readjusted the peak per the IMHE uh, to now, in Illinois, our peak is coming up on Easter Sunday. It's in three days, whereas yesterday they had it, even earlier this morning, they had it to a week from today on the 16th. But now they've adjusted that forward to on uh, Easter Sunday, this coming Sunday. So I, I, I find this fascinating. Either either Western Illinois' uh, awareness dashboard is complete garbage or the situation is more fluid and we're getting information further behind what, what they are. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think, a little bit of what you said. I mean, Adams County health officials have, they say, these are estimates, it's very fluid, these things change because, for instance, uh, the number of negatives and, and pending are also changing, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's starting to look a little better. I mean, we've got, uh, looks like uh, for now, at least in total testing, about a little bit more than 300 total testing with the 19 positives. We're now up to 218 negative. They're still waiting on 71 other confirmed, you know, uh, 71 other pending results. So, you know, and... It's just a very fluid thing. Yeah, it, it comes. Uh, there's that 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 fog of of this particular situation where you kind of seem like you're on an island and, al- and, al- and alone when it comes to uh, getting information like this. And when you get it, you grab onto it and you're like, okay, here's something. But then it's like it becomes fog in and of uh, itself. So well, it's like somebody comes along. It's like, hold on, I need to change that. Ah, uh, yeah. And so it makes it it makes it increasingly difficult. Uh, to try and grasp. Not that we can control any of this. I think we've learned that control is an illusion uh, during all of this. But uh, even to try and just grasp what's happening uh, is becoming more and more difficult when you're leaning on uh, certain places to provide you with information X, and then information X doesn't match up with multiple places. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. For, and, and and you talk about things getting better, but we have those new rules going into effect at blessing as far as being able to you know meet and talk with people uh who are elderly and you know having staff available to help them with that technology right so that they can you know zoom or or facetime or whatever Mm -hmm. with members of their family so that they don't feel 
Exactly. Alone in this fog. So, yeah. And, and, and if you're curious about that, like Scott said, what, who is it that you contact uh, at Blessing for information uh, regarding those there, new rules? There the is hospitality a, team? No, the, the compassion team. Compassion team. The compassion team. That would be at uh, uh, Blessing's uh, website. Uh, they would have that there. Just look for the compassion team when you do a search, and you'll be able to find them. All so. right. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. sir. It's 1019. We'll take a time out. When we come back, Senator Hawley's got some ideas for Phase 4 uh, relief spending. We'll talk about that. And should we follow that advice or stay the course with Phase 3? What about when that money runs out? We'll talk about it next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Welcome back to the News Roundtable, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. It's 1022. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley uh, has been vocal on social media and on airwaves uh, saying that uh, perhaps we should adjust how the federal government is dispensing money for uh, a Phase 4 relief plan. Uh, National Review picked up on uh, Hawley's ideas and uh, says that lawmakers should study a proposal from Senator Hawley that would take an entirely different approach uh, to this recovery. Uh, they point out that the Phase 3 spending bill uh, makes loans available to businesses uh, and promises to forgive those loans to the extent that the companies retain their payrolls. Uh, National Review goes on to say the SBA, Small Business Association, which oversees the program, uh clarified the rules, and some businesses are finding that their employees would rather get expanded unemployment benefits than stay on the payroll. Uh, They point out that it's also likely the program's money will run out before the lockdown, shelter-in-place, and uh, business are are over, and businesses have recovered, and millions uh, have people who have already uh, filed for unemployment. Uh, National Review says there's two ways forward. You can stick with the current system, uh, the way Phase 3 was made, and follow that plan and make sure it works. Commit to it. Uh, he says if the, they say if the current system lasts, Congress should pass whatever, whatever further tweaks are needed, uh, such as, you know, funding when money runs out. Obviously, you're not going to stick with it if there's no money running through it. I mean, there's no point to it anymore. Uh, they say changes uh, to the formula for unemployment benefits would be something that might need to be uh, tweaked to keep unemployment from paying more than actual working. Uh, and uh, National Review points out as soon as states have the capacity to implement such a change like this, then they point out you could go Josh Hawley's route. Uh, Hawley instead would have the federal government administer aid to businesses, including tax rebates, to cover 80% uh, 
of their payroll or up to a particular cap. Real-time payments to help businesses immediately and then a bonus for rehiring previously laid off workers. Uh, Holly was on uh, Fox's uh, Tucker Carlson last night and says uh, any potential phase four uh, coronavirus aid bill has to include incentives for businesses that have been forced to lay people off, or furlough them, or otherwise dismiss workers due to the state-imposed restrictions. Uh, Holly said, quote, I think we need to protect every single job in this country until this emergency passes, and I think that has to be the focus of Phase 4. And when asked about private equity firms uh, trying to, you know, go to the front of the line, uh, he says, uh, this isn't going to happen with uh, my support. Private equity, he says, quote, uh, was sitting on a trillion with a T, trillion and a half in cash back in January. He says, so if they need access to capital, they should spend some of their own money. And private equity has access to credit facilities. The average independent small bur- business person, at least in, he says, in my state of Missouri, does not. So that uh, brings up uh, a situation. Um, in practice, uh, if Congress... Uh, would have to first then make sure that a, a program like this, uh, if we follow Hawley's plan, is feasible. Uh, and if there are obstacles to making this happen, um, do you want to begin this approach from scratch just as Phase 3 may be kicking I- into gear? Do you do you jump uh, ahead and try and go, all right, let's just go right to, to Phase 4, even before Phase 3 has had a, a chance to really start uh, pumping some revenue uh, into the economy. Um, That's an interesting thing. Timing at this point uh, would be uh, important. Um, uh, As far as uh, Hawley's plan uh, and state-wise, I get Josh Hawley uh, banging the banging the uh, the uh, the table to to get uh, some revenue to Missouri businesses. Um, that's, that's as it, as it should be. Um, are, are, I haven't seen Senators, uh, Durbin and Duckworth banging the drum for Illinois businesses. Uh, in fact, Illinois wise, uh, what I've seen is, uh, people making noise about the state getting money. Uh, and I don't know that this, should the state come first when it's already beyond its depth in debt or should it be the businesses? And it's been businesses first and then off of taxes, the state would get uh, their their cut. So there's an interesting uh, conversation and dynamic moving forward with this. Uh, also, Holly, big proponent of bringing manufacturing businesses back from uh, China. And the globalism part of this is something else that we're going to have to deal with uh, after this is over as far as, uh, you know, bringing manufacturing of uh, certain uh, things back into uh, the country and not that you're being a protectionist but when stuff like this happens and you have countries saying hey we're going to withhold certain things from you uh, so that you can't uh, defend or help yourself as much as possible I don't know that that's going to be uh, doable moving forward uh, and I don't know that any agreement globally or through the WHO or, or through the UN uh, would be able to make that happen. It might be okay for now, and you have a handshake agreements, but then moving forward, how does that, 
you know, get enforced when something like this happens again? Would you rather have that stuff taken care of in-house? When you uh, talk about uh, China and its uh, role in this, Harris went out and polled Americans. Uh, 67% of Democrats uh, blame uh, communist China, 75% of independents, and 90% of Republicans. And uh, all in all, 71% of Americans say that uh, businesses, companies should pull back from manufacturing their products in China. Please know, America, that uh, bringing factories back to the United States would be wonderful for jobs, but it's going to make stuff cost more. So be prepared for the other end of that moving forward, that things will cost more if production is brought back here to the United States. And I don't see why it shouldn't be for many, many things, especially things like this, when you consider them critical infrastructure moving forward, because this won't be the last time something like this occurs globally. That is the Thursday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.